force is coming into balance. And we're here to find it. I need someone to show me my place in all this. You're traveling the Jundland Wastes with Mark and Dan. The Jundland Wastes are not to be traveled lightly. A podcast exploring the issues, ideas, and imagination from the legendary Star Wars tales through the Star Wars expanded universe and beyond. Always remember, your focus determines your reality. Good evening, I'm Mark. With me is my co-host, Dan. Hello. And you are traveling the Jundland Ways again. You are about to embark on a really great journey with us. Dan and I have decided that we're going to give our reviews for at least right now, for the uh, 13-part episode uh, saga that took place on National Public Radio back in 1981 for, as as it was called at the time, Star Wars. Um, This is really just encompassing the story of episode four. And it it goes, I mean, if you you haven't had an opportunity to listen to to the radio drama, uh, our suggestion is, um, starting tonight, uh, try to find it. You can usually find uh, the CDs at any local library. Um, I believe you can still find stuff over on on eBay, whether they be the cassette tapes or the CDs. And uh, listen to each episode prior to listening to our episode. And uh, I think you'll enjoy the journey as we go in and we start, uh, you know, not pulling apart, but but start, you know, analyzing these uh, episodes of... Of Star Wars, I mean, we're talking not only canonical as it, as it encompasses the uh, you know the, the the original trilogy stories, but uh, you also get a good healthy amount of expanded universe that was put into these episodes as well. Dan, just as like you to start us off here, um, yep. you've listened to the radio dramas before. What yep. is your what was is your general impression about the the radio drama itself? Well, I'm, I think one of the most interesting things. Um, the radio dramas really capture, I think, the excitement of Star Wars in that time period. Like, it like does. I, mean, I mean, if you remember, this came out in 1981, into. which was like a year, yeah, almost I mean, so a year after Empire. Were, so, yeah, so people now, look, Star Wars is still a mega success now. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it, it's just hard to, with you know, without listening to the radio dramas, it's hard to understand just how big Star Wars was. Yep. Yep. And and why it's yep. it's continued till now, and if you listen to these dramas, you'll understand that how special Star Wars was at the time, and what it really kind of meant to um, to the like like culture, you know, the popular culture at that time. And um, it's a really really cool insight, not only into Star Wars because it, it, they kind of expand on the stories in ways that I think are are true to the stories, but also pretty pretty creative. But they give you a, a sense of of just how excited people were for Star Wars. You can hear it in the actors' voices. You can hear it in the writing. 
and it's a long it's a long it's a huge project that they did so if we're talking about um, like just if you want, why, don't, yeah. why don't you give everyone in case people haven't like give give them the overview of this first episode just so yeah uh, sure let's let's do this yeah. Let, let's talk yeah. about the episode and maybe in our next episode on our next uh on our next podcast we can go into a little bit more about a little bit of the history behind uh how this radio drama came to be because it is it is really fascinating and it gives you also a look into the world of of uh, basically you're talking about nine, the early 1980s where you had TV and you had radio and that was basically it wow. there was no internet there was nothing oh else God. to go by the dark and, ages yeah, or movies <laughs> I mean you had those the big three you had TV movies and radio yeah, um, so true. and and this God, I mean maybe next time we'll go over some of the history but let's talk about this first episode right now this first episode was called a wind to shake the stars and I just remember when I was uh, you know first listening to this. Uh, you know, my parents told me this is you know Star Wars on the radio. Do you want to listen to it? And I go, yeah, absolutely. And everything. so I'm listening to it, and I'm expecting to hear at the beginning, you know, uh, where's the Star Destroyer sounds, and you hear the stormtroopers coming in, and you're gonna hear Darth Vader come in, and we don't even get that at all. It starts off with our hero Luke working on a evaporator, a moisture evaporator, and he's uh, he's listening to an Academy tape. It, it's so funny listening to it because you hear Mark Hamill's voice as he's sounding as if he's working on a, on an evaporator, and he's listening to an Imperial Academy tape. And, and it's almost supposed to be, I think, like those those like uh, you know videos that you would sometimes get from the colleges saying, "Come to Boston University and and become the best you can be," or, or so forth. And he's listening to this tape, and, and it starts off with that. His friend, or I guess like like acquaintance, I don't know if Luke really had any friends among that group there, except for Biggs, but his friend Wendy comes over and he, 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 he he's stopping and talk with Luke. And it's just so interesting to see Luke at a time where he, you know, he, 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 he's, we knew he was always reaching for the stars in a sense. He's always reaching to get out of, got out of Tatooine. But you actually also, you see in, in, in some of these little vignettes in this episode that Luke does have a pretty healthy, um, I guess, relationship with his, not only his aunt and uncle who he lives with, but he has, he has relationships with these other, I guess, older teenagers, um, at their hangout, which is the Tashi station, you know, place where they, 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 they soup up their, their sky hoppers. And, uh, it's, I, I just found it interesting to see this, this image of Luke, or hearing, I should say, this 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 image of Luke, um, interacting with these uh, other teens, because by the time we get to, you know, if you're just watching the movie, I mean, he goes straight from, you know, you know, we we see him getting the droids from from the Sandcrawler. He he's chatting with his aunt and uncle. Next thing you know, he's swept up into the entire story with with Obi Wan and Han and Chewie and the princess and so forth. But I think this was such an interesting episode because you really did get to see Luke at this, you know, just a little bit before this the the, the normative Star Wars story starts to take off. And I love this. All goes back to George's, uh, you know, love of of, of racing souped-up cars in in, in, in his youth. Um, the first big sto- story arc in in, in the uh, radio drama is he's going to basically drag race his uh, T16 Skyhopper uh, against uh, this. I guess I would call him a bully if I had to call him anything. Now, okay, so now, now the T16 Skyhopper yeah. does that appear in any of the films? Like the actual is that that little pod thing in the background? Or well, what, what, 
Yeah, well, I, I believe, okay, and we, yeah. we can go back, take a look back at F4 later on, but yeah. um, I believe when Luke is there taking 3PO out of the oil bath, I think the shadow in the back of his arm, you can see, I guess, the cone or the the, the nose of that T-16 Skyhopper. And the, th- and the model that he's playing with it with his hand and, and doing, like, you know, zoom motions with, that is that, I believe, is a Skyhopper as well. Right, or he says, it just isn't fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's such an interesting image because, you know, at the time when I was watching this, when I was watching this, all I think is you can see, you can watch Star Wars. When I was listening to this as a kid, yeah. I just remember wondering, what does a T-Skyhopper, T-16 Skyhopper look like because I we certainly didn't have any like you know plethora of information and and Wikipedia's to go to to figure out these things mm-hmm. and I was wondering does it look anything like an X-wing fighter I mean the, 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 it's just so interesting because I mean this is really what I think the radio dramas do which I think is such a gift to every single fan and Star Wars fan out there is that at the time the way I envisioned the T-16 wasn't the way you envisioned the T-16 wasn't the way that that person envisioned the T-16 and it it gave you that opportunity to have your own little movie in your imagination and, and, and to imagine how these characters are or where how the setting is looked does it take a place during sunrise is it sun is it sunset uh, is he you know is, is it a rocky area of the canyon where they are at um, but this 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 first arc where he has this race with a fixer I always find, I always love this because this is the first time that you're seeing um, Luke showing the confidence that he has that brings him eventually to to piloting that X-wing fighter later on in the story and yeah. um, I always wondered and maybe you, you you thought this too when he's doing this drag race on this T-16 Skyhopper, part yeah. of me was listening to it, I was re-listening to it today, and um, he talks about how they're they they they're about to start off, and, and his friend Wendy jumps into the T-16 Skyhopper with him, and for some reason they get a late start, and, and he's like, ah, oh, damn it, you know, Fixer's got the lead now, and, 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 and Wendy's like, you're going crazy, you're, go, you're flying too fast, and it just reminded me a little bit of when we see uh, Anakin in, in, in The Phantom Menace when he's doing his uh, pod race, that, oh, that he yeah. has this, he's just oh. flying by the seat of his pants, and he doesn't know why he's flying by the seat of his pants and doing so well. He just knows that he can do well. And, and I was thinking about this today as I was listening to, to, right. to, to Mark Hamill play this. I'm wondering, is this the first time or are these times when he's having this, like, I guess, thrill or an adrenaline rush that he is able to feel the force in a way, I mean, which I is how he was I, able to uh, win the race? Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, especially in light of um, The Force Awakens when, um, you know, when both... Um, you know, Finn and Ray um, escape the uh, Jakku. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's that scene where she flies and he's fi- and he's firing, yep. and they run out and they say at the same time, like, "Wow, that was amazing! How did you do that?" Exactly. And they yeah. Say, yeah. We don't know. And it's like a real hint right there that like that that force sensitives can do stuff that they can just do stuff and they don't know why, but it's just part of them. And, I mean, it's um, funny, at it, the end of his race here, I yeah. mean, he's like saying, you know, he, he somehow he's able to thread the stone needle, as, as he says in the, in the radio drama, and they come sort of like this crashing end. And he's like, Wendy, 
we won! And he has like this a little bit of exhilarated laughing. We won! I can't believe it! And Wendy thinks he's crazy. He's like, you're out of your mind. You race like a maniac. I am leaving. And Luke just sits there laughing, saying, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Biggs, I wish you were here to see this. You wouldn't believe it. And truthfully, Biggs probably wouldn't have believed it. I mean, he had faith in, I think, Luke's ability um, to, 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 to be a great, I guess, like, you know, uh, bush pilot on death on Tatooine. But, uh, it, it's sort of like these little hints now that we've seen the whole entire Skywalker saga from beginning to end, from Ep one to Ep nine, that, um, maybe that's why I'm adding in those little tiny bits of, uh, oh, maybe that's Luke feeling the force for the first time in, 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 in a Star Wars, uh, in a Star Wars story, his, his race here with the T-16 Skyhopper. Yeah, um, it's cool. And it also, it's also cool. How it, it relates so much to George Lucas himself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I tell you, I mean, when you're, I mean, he, I, you know, he literally felt the force. I mean, he almost died. He I almost mean, died. Yeah. yeah uh, I mean, it's yeah. crazy. I mean that, but that was what, actually completely turned him on a different path. Actually, here's a question for you. Do you think yeah. that George might have had friends the way, or I would say acquaintances, the same way Luke has it in this uh, in this radio drama episode where it looks like Luke hangs out with these people, but it's almost like, and you've probably seen this because we've, we've both gone through our high school situations, but yeah. you see the person who hangs out with the crowd but doesn't really know why he's hanging out with the crowd. Yeah. And 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 they, they, they maybe like, you know, kid him a bit and they sometimes he becomes the butt of some joke or whatever, but for some reason... He sticks it out. Now, granted, this is Tatooine. There's not probably too many like other uh, young people on the planet that he can hang out with, um, who has his, who have the same interest in in flying and piloting. But um, the, the characters that that are developed here, you got Fixer and and Cammy and Wendy and and Deke. Um, they're they're not the friendliest people to 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 Luke, although they're they're always hanging out. Well, it's it's a really cool, I think, commentary on, like. Like it's it's a neat way to look at like coming of age is like, and it um, it's one of the reasons Star Wars is so universally applicable, um, is because it, oftentimes people go you know for years and they they don't they feel socially like whatever like mm-hmm. yeah I know people and what you know I have friends but I haven't found that group that's like my group yep. you know yep. that I really vibe with I really fit in with or I just I feel at home with you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. Um, and and they, so it's a cool contrast. It deepens his story in that when he meets, you know, Obi Wan and Han and, yep. and and Leia and Chewie, like he's home. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. these are people that are. I mean, well, it's literally his sister. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, and uh, you no, know. but it's that feeling of belonging. I think what yeah, you're talking and, about. And, and yeah. so it's like it's a it's a cool contrast, and I think that's part of that's part of the the journey of 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 people in the world is you know he has to you know. He has to like face and say, you know what? There's nothing for me me here anymore. I mean, he could have said, you know what? I'm just going to stay here, take the droids, and leave me alone. Yep, I'm going to be yep. a farmer like my father, you know, like yeah, my, you uncle, know, whatever, yeah. my stepfather. Yeah. But he didn't, and he he realized he had to let it go, and then something else opened up for him. It's interesting and, you bring yeah. that up because um, the scene that comes after this, his his victory with the T16, is yeah. him waking up in the morning at his uh, at the igloo there at the famous uh, Lars family homestead igloo. Yeah. Um, and having breakfast with his with his aunt and uncle. Um, uh, the the interesting thing about this scene, because you know, in in the movie itself, um, 
we do see a similar scene, which is played out with him sitting there and talking about, like, you know, the droids and Obi-Wan and so forth. But this scene is another one of these uh, sitting down, you know, at breakfast type situations, which I think we can all relate to. I mean, I think all of us have stories of, like, you know, either us sitting at our parents, like, you know, dinner table or breakfast or so forth, and something comes up and it just turns into, you know, the... The five o'clock dinner turns into more than that. It turns into yeah, something sure. which yeah, is no, you don't want to yeah, have to no, talk about. That's and, part of family dynamics. Yeah, definitely. yeah, and yeah. and here you have it's, it's it's on his uncle, and you can just feel the tension between Luke and Owen. At the same time, I think you feel that Baru tries her best to be like I guess like Switzerland, and 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 trying yeah, and to keep everybody yeah. and and just trying to keep the family or what they're doing, um, because at the time that we're listening to this, um, we still don't know because when this radio drama was made, we we did not see the episodes or the story hear about the stories of Anakin when he came to to the Lars family homestead to rescue his mother. Um, we don't have any of that backstory there. Yeah, but and there, I, and I'm wondering what yeah. were the okay so. Just a little, yeah. you know, a little nitpicking here. When okay, so I because I recently rewatched episode two. Okay, and which Attack I, of the Clones. We mean we're talking. Yeah, about. Attack of the Clones, yeah. and I love it more than ever. I mean, I'm just the movie. To me, this movie's a masterpiece. You become me. Oh says. my gosh. Yeah, I think it's a masterpiece. <laughs> I think two and three are a masterpiece, and I really love one also. But two and three are it, they go together. They so go you together. Can, yeah. You can go from two yeah. to three, and it's like the same. It's you can yep. see the progression mm-hmm. instantly, and I. I love too. I, it's it's just it's one of my all time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there, <laughs> so there. Everyone who hates the prequels, I, love I can't them. wait to get the emails now. Yeah. <laughs> I love them. Um, and I'm just kidding. No, I mean you know. No, we, I, we, I get we, it. I, I yeah. completely get it. And I want to say that um, despite sometimes my um, reactionary nature, I really do um, respect entirely everyone's opinion. And uh, and it is always interesting to hear why or why people don't. Uh, you know, or do that's what like keeps things. us interesting, man. And, and like what, what you know, what they like, what they didn't like, what yeah. they found, you know, in the middle, like mm-hmm. all that stuff's really fascinating to me because um, I love Star Wars. So yep. I'm, I'm happy to hear any of it. But in that scene where you know it's all Obi Wan's fault, he's holding me yep. back, and he yep. throws like the beer can or whatever it was yep. in, against the wall. It probably mm-hmm. wasn't a beer can. <laughs> he probably wasn't slamming. I think it was a screwdriver or something oh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. He wasn't. Right. Anakin I think he was repairing something. Beers, yeah. Right. <laughs> Okay. Um, but that scene, there are some, there's a, there's like a little like ship in there or something. There's some, there's a, there's a, she walks by something and yep. then there's a thing they sit against and it's like, it's another land speeder or something. It could be. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I'm just curious if anyone knows what those ships are that, that are in the background in, in that scene in attack of the clones. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be curious. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I actually even like the scene about the sand. Yeah, it's I mean, my, we, we, we spoke be. about that. I'm going on, I'm going on record. <laughs> a little bit here. of a tangent I, here, but go, yeah, I'm, let's go on record here. I think it could be my all, the all-time greatest line in all of Star Wars. Oh, we'll have to do another commentary then on this, so or maybe there, we'll do so it on, no, on, on a regular episode. To that just because I don't actually mean <laughs> on a regular that, episode I, I kinda, of the podcast. We'll go. I kind of like it, it cause, uh, yeah, because it's just it's so he's an awkward teenager, and so it's an awkward moment. And all the love scenes, except for when they go out, except for when they go out into the the stadium, all the love scenes are are awkward, except for that one. And uh, and I think and I think what people miss is perhaps that was by design. Well, that's what I've said. I, I I was saying that for the longest time. Like this was this was 
how he wanted to play it. But regardless, regardless. Sorry. Uh, I, I, no, I, no. This is. <laughs> the, I love scene talking about uh, One more thing. Just yeah. Because I, with the scene where they go out, who else in? The, I mean, George Lucas. Who else? But like such a visionary genius would have like the 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 ultimate love scene as they're going out into a stadium filled a, a giant stadium filled with creepy bugs. To be executed by giant strange creatures, like and that's the big love scene. I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, it is it's the genius intense. of such a thing. I think we're intense. living in his time, so we don't quite get it. But man, yeah. it's it's incredible. Okay, go on. Sorry. No, that's fine. Okay, yeah. that was our ep two uh, tangent, but that's yeah, okay. a little uh, uh, <laughs> rant. Sorry about that. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, okay. But when I was so uh, when I was mentioning right, go, uh, go back to like Luke having breakfast with his with his aunt and his uncle is that he's he, he begins talking about how. Um, you know that uh, he, he, it's such a drag for him to to he's got to go out to the to the moisture evaporators and he's got to fix them, and, and and he's dealing with such inadequate tools to to do this. And his mm. uncle, for whatever reason, can't is not going to spend the money. He's like, can we get some droids? And he's like, gosh, you, I've never you've never had to want for anything, and you're 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 hocking my channel like about a droid. You know, you want more stuff. You know, do this for 25 years, kid, and, and then come to me and ask or whatever. And and, and Luke storms off, and and you can see Baru and and Baru and um, Owen have this little back and forth, where they 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 talk about like she's like, gosh, Owen, you're hard on this kid, you're yeah. really hard on this kid, and you you can't be that way. And he's like, well, I, I just want him to have the best. I want him to be able. to whatever that means in Tatooine, but I, he has this responsibility that he got from Obi-Wan to protect this kid. And yeah. Baru is the one saying to him, okay, I understand that, but you, you just can't, and she says this, she says, you can't bedrudge of his dreams, which I thought oh. was such an interesting line, which so is, cool. which is yeah. like going back to George in a sense, like, you know, right. okay, yeah, it's a dream. It was crazy to, to think of that. We make movies and space operas and so forth, but, yeah. you know, you, you don't don't kill a person's spirit that way. I mean, yeah, if, if totally. she she probably doesn't think that that Luke is ever going to do anything but be the, the the farmer that that he unfortunately was I guess originally destined to be. But um, it, it's like you, you you just you're going to to especially because they know who his father is. You know, if you do that. He's gonna follow the same path, maybe as his father, which they oh, mind awesome. in the back of their heads. They're 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 talking about. So that's Luke amazing. goes yeah, off. I mean, yeah, that also reminds me of one little thing I noticed about Attack of the Clones, which is that Obi Wan, Obi Wan's kind of mean to Anakin. Like he's, he's not very, he's, he's not very tough. understanding or nice. It's like it's bizarre. Did you notice that? Uh, he's that, always I mean, the, he's yeah. always criticizing him constantly. I mean that's what uh, I guess yeah. in a sense older our older uh, peers do to us sometimes. Um, for for Luke at, at this it's time, it's the only it's, way it's, we it's grow. Awful. Maybe that is. I guess <laughs> that's, what, <laughs> that's what he says. Yeah, yeah. That's what he but says. still, it's a mistake with a person a person that talented. Yep. Um, anyway, now, go on. Now yeah, the interesting so thing is, is, that, yeah. is that he then goes pattern, off and he yeah. fixes the evaporator, and that's when he first sees above his head. He sees that that unused scene from Ep Four, mm -hmm. where he sees the battle going up above him from the Star Destroyer and so forth, and he rushes off to the Tashi Station because he wants to tell his friends about this. And who's there? It's Biggs. Biggs is there. He's on shore leave, and and Luke is excited to see him. And it's so much fun hearing. The dialogue between Mark Hamill and the voice actor who played Biggs, because you're you, you're seeing um, Luke 
with a with a friend in a sense, just being yeah. very easy and a friend. I don't think, yeah, he's he eventually becomes friends with Han and Leia and and all the others. But I I was thinking to myself, this is we never see this type of just relaxed Luke enjoying the friendship that he has with this with this buddy Biggs who he grew up with. Um, it's it's very heartwarming. And it's nice to see also that that fixer. Uh, he sort of like uh, gives Luke a little bit of like you know uh, some some. He's being mean to him. He's bullying him around or whatever. And Big stands up for him and says like, "Fixer, show's over. Get out of here." And Fixer backs down. Which, if 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 Biggs wasn't there, Fixer wouldn't have backed down. But Biggs is is not only respected, but a little sense like you know he's 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 the big guy at this place, and 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 he has a kindness and and knows what's right and what's wrong. Um, he goes mm-hmm. off, and it's, it was it was just nice to see that friendship and that warmness, which, you, like I said, you don't some of these things you just don't get in in the movie itself. And I think yeah. this gives such a great, you know, backstory to to, to Luke right before Episode Four. Yeah. Um, he goes totally. off with Biggs to to Beggars Canyon, and they're just mm-hmm. he's like I want, some, and he goes in the land speeder, and they're talking, and then Big hits him with like you know um, his whole plan. He's like, yeah. I brought you out here basically because if I'm not coming back, I, I I want somebody to know what happened. And Luke is confused. He's like, what do you mean? And he's saying, I'm going to I'm going to jump ship and join the rebellion as soon as I can. And and Luke says, you know, oh that's crazy. How could you do such a thing? You know. And it, and I think part of what Luke is doing here is he is feeling like, damn it, I want to be where Biggs is right now. I want to be there, jumping, <laughs> jumping ship and yeah, going to the rebellion totally, yeah. too. And, yeah. and it's it's funny how the the two of them both think like our our way out of this situation in Tatooine is to join the imperial the, the imperial navy. But as soon as I can, you know, I'm I'm done with it, and I'm going to join the people who I think are are are, are the heroes in this story. Yeah. Um, and again, and he leaves um, a little bit embittered at, at, at Biggs, yet still feeling his friendship, but knowing that Biggs is going off to do something to, to, to make things right in the universe, and he's still there. And he's still there at uh, on Tatooine, not knowing, obviously, what's going to happen in the next few few uh, episodes of this radio drama. But um, I just thought it, it, it lends so much heaviness to... Um, the, to, to, to the story of, of A New Hope... I mean, yeah. I think that's what did for us for a, when we watched Rogue One. It gave some, yeah, some, totally. some, some, some real heaviness, which was good, to that that leads you into Episode Four. Back in 1981, listening to this radio drama, I think this for me it gave me a whole lot of like, wow, Luke is 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 much more than we see him in Episode Four or in A New Hope on, on the screen. It, this this adds so much, and Mark Hamill just does an amazing job throughout this. Radio throughout the New Hope radio drama in Empire Strikes Back, he gives an incredible performance. Like it's like an additional, yeah, an additional Luke Skywalker we get here. Oh uh, yeah, he's he's unbelievable. I mean, he's so talented. I mean, it's cool because he went on to have, and ha- and still has such a great career in um, in voice in voice acting. Yeah, yeah. And he got his probably got his voice acting chops together in the NPR. You know, in this. Radio Did you drama. ever hear the uh, the making of the radio drama? 
It's no, like it's half. A, oh no, gosh, this came. Cool. This was so cool. Uh, if you you could probably yeah, find it, but yeah. well, I'll let you check it out. Yeah. Um, the week before the radio drama kicked off, they yeah. had this half-hour documentary about the making of the radio drama, and wow. and you hear the interviews with like Mark Hamill and Ben Burt, and it's amazing to hear them at this time because because Mark Hamill talks about he's like, I've always he says I've I've always heard about the wonderfulness of the golden age of radio, and he says I just was never given that opportunity to 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 do it just because of my age, and now here I am having the opportunity to be able to be part of it, so it's so fun hearing Mark Hamill talk about how you know this was in the two big characters which come back for uh, a new hope here in the radio drama are Mark Hamill, who reprises Luke Skywalker, and Auntie Daniels as uh, C-3PO. The other characters are other voice actors who do really a good job, but you obviously hear the differences um, yeah. when when they're interacting, especially Darth Vader. We'll get to that when we meet Darth Vader in, in, in the second episode. But... Yeah. Um, it's 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 just something. If you can listen to it, it 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 gives you such a history lesson in a sense, and it gives you a look into what life was like back in 1980, 81, when it comes to you know, this. It was actually almost like a dead form of entertainment by the 80s, a radio drama, and that huh. that KUSC, the uh, the co- the or the college radio station that was going to to, to help pull this together. Um, there was a, 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 I think it was a, a part of like the communications department at the university there that specialized in teaching radio drama. So um, we'll go all into that in the next episode, in our next podcast, uh, so, with our little history lesson behind it. But um, just to wrap up a little bit here, um, some things of what I loved about about this, this episode, yeah. um, like I told you, was uh, seeing Luke in this introduction and his character being being built up for later on. We see, I love seeing the characters of Fixer, Cammy, Wendy, Deke, and Biggs. I think that they add so much to um, Luke's teenage life there on Tatooine. And it opens it up, because I think a lot of the time when we watch episode four, we're like, it's just Luke, his aunt, and his uncle, and he has nothing else to do. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we don't know anything else about it. It's so true. And this first episode, and I love, and this is just something you're going to hear throughout all these episodes of the radio drama, yeah. is is how the music, how the score is used along oh, with yeah. all the great sound effects and how you can have, because if you listen to this episode, um, this very first, The Wind to Shake the Stars, so many of the musical nods are from the, t- are from the scenes in Tatooine, but they're used in a totally different way yeah, in, cool. in this part of the radio drama. And mm. it, it, to me, it opens it up to saying like, now, wow, the music really does have an ability to be uh, you know, interchangeable within the Star Wars universe, depending on which characters you have and which scene you have and, and how it can all work together. Um, I, I just thought it, 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 it was just an, a wonderful way to use the score in, in the radio drama. I, to- I, I totally agree, and the score is so amazing anyway. Um, a little, of, a little yeah. aside, um, yeah, please. M- musically, mm-hmm. um, do you know or does anyone out there know um, where John Williams got his, um, uh, got his first break and, and how his name was different? We'll leave that as a question. If anyone knows, let let us know. Oh yeah, okay. What what did what was the project that got him his his in into Hollywood? If anyone knows, and again, he had he had a, he had a different name. I want to say, well, uh, I guess, or should we wait for the audience? Do to I know? Guess, yeah, no, yeah, please. <laughs> I want to say, what it had to have been. For some reason, I had this thought that he, 
wasn't he the one who did sort of the uh, the score for one of those like Buck Rogers TV shows or something like that, or or Flash um, Gordon, what, or what's that, or what? It, I, I want to say one of those 1950s, 1960s uh, TV shows that were like you know like a Flash Gordon type show or or uh, or Buck Rogers type show. Or, You're definitely or, in the right time period, and okay. the right medium. All right, we'll we'll leave it at that for for that question. You can answer the question. Yeah, 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 let us know. (laughs) Um, And um, and I think it's you know one of the things that that really touches me about the Last Jedi, um, and as time goes on, I see so many so many more connections between the the sequels and the and the the prequels and original trilogy. Mm -hmm. One of the things that really touched me was the ending with the kids. And how they're how they're you know they're playing with those figures and it, yeah. it gave them meaning and a way out of the uh, situation that was that was really tough and I think it's something that Lucas um, if you listen to Dave Filoni and he's you know he's constantly saying like you know you know George is always telling me like don't forget that these are you have to give people hope especially mm-hmm. kids and so. it's like it's it's such a major major like focus of Lucas's intention with these movies. Uh, is like you know to give kids a way to see themselves as a hero even when they're in circumstances that are very much less than heroic it's so Uh, funny you mentioned this because this this radio drama i think i mean lucas gave the rights for kusc to 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 make this radio drama along with the sounds and the music it was like for like a dollar which by the way is, he, he, is, he, is enormously <laughs> cool i mean that's unbelievable i mean but it's like another way what to a, talk about cool george thing. like you know saying like yeah. it, it, it's another way to to open the the, the child's mind because i think i wasn't the yep. only kid sitting there no. with the radio and had a tape recorder next to it and wanting to re-listen to these episodes over and over and over again and it gave me like you know food for thought when when my brother and i are sitting there with our star wars toys and our action figures and making our own scenes around <laughs> around our action figures yeah. and x-wing fighters and snow speeders and so forth yeah uh, and it gave and you remember i mean all of yeah. us anyone our age who, who saw star wars like and and kids now i mean you see it and it does something to you it kind of it does give you some hope and 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 you know uh and, 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 we know, need it these days, into, believe me. <laughs> and we need it these days, and we, but we always have. There's, we there's always, always have. That's true world. too. That's true. Yeah, too. and yeah. especially kids. And I, I just think that, I just think it's such a neat thing. And I think Lucas, as much as he deserves accolades for all his, you know, great achievements, mm-hmm. and really, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of fields and a lot of things, um, I think helping children in a way. Like really, a lot of times, like saving kids from from otherwise really bad circumstances, they might, they might not have been able to mentally get out of. Yeah, um, yeah. I I really really applaud him. I, I it's just I think he's done a great service. Uh, you know, for like people. You know. Yeah. No. That I I yeah. I, I agree with you 122 percent here. Um, <laughs> just to wrap up here, because yeah. uh, uh, actually, let me ask you: Was there anything specifically that you really liked about uh, this 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 first chapter of the radio drama? I think. I mean, I think the fleshed out nature of it, you know, mm-hmm. and that we're seeing we're seeing Luke uh, with his friends and and you know again like some interactions with you know girls or whatever. And, yeah, and he's, yeah. He's very shy and awkward and. And it's just it's so it's cool. And again, it's just like that's the other thing is that you know Lucas really you know his whole concept could appeal to people of many different ages. I I, I think that that's I think that's really a special thing. Uh, it's very unusual that you have something in popular media that can 
that can really communicate um, across generations. Yep. And I think Star Star Wars does that. And um, and I, I like and I think this radio drama helps uh, helps do that. It helps bring out you know some of the um, some of Luke's awkwardness and and social social awkwardness. And I just wonder if you know Lucas himself wasn't you know kind of inspired well, yeah. by some of this and yeah. the stuff he did later yeah you know yeah yeah truthfully so, um yeah. the next episode the next chapter we're gonna get away from luke and we actually get our first look at princess leia so i'm really looking forward hey. to talking about that uh that episode and one other thing i wanted to mention yeah. i actually own a piece of what i consider to be radio drama uh swag Oh, wow. If you can believe this. What do you have? I actually purchased, from our good friend, Rob Taylor from Hero Fight Art, a couple of years ago, I purchased this really beautiful print of, it's called Beggar's Canyon, and it shows the T-16 Skyhopper against this beautiful, you know, I want to give this pinkish, orangish sky with the two suns in the back, you know, threading the stone needle through Beggar's Canyon, and it's such a beautiful print. I just absolutely love it. And uh, I, I... (laughs) I, I, I want to say that he may have been inspired by this first episode or this first oh, episode cool. of the radio drama when he yeah. uh, made this image. Huh. I'll have to ask him about that. Oh, yeah, that's a great that. one. I'd love but I'm it's, really curious uh, to know what he what he what he. Th- but it's a beautiful print, that. and uh, it's it's part of my collection, and uh, and I love it. Um, and obviously, you know, if you want to check out uh, Rob's stuff, you got to go to uh, HeroFightArc.com and uh, check his Facebook page and check his uh, Etsy, sh- Etsy yeah, store. He's a store. I, and I yeah, check work, it out. Yeah. Check it out. It's good yeah. stuff. Well, I think we've gotten yourselves off to a good start here. Uh, if you have still not listened to any of the radio dramas, um, do yourself a favor. Listen to episode uh, one of uh, Star Wars A New Hope, as well as the second one, uh, which we'll be talking about our next time. And, uh, yeah, that's that That seems to wrap it up for tonight. Any other uh, last words, uh, Dan? Uh, no, I'm just um, it's it's wonderful to, to take a trip back and, and delve deeper into Star Wars, as always. I think it's great that we're. This is a perfect period of time to not because we're dealing with a medium here that is partially canonical and partially EU, all in one beautiful package. And it could be it could be that this radio drama is the birth of EU. That is that's a good point. Yeah, the right? script was written by Brian Daly, who gave us those yeah. Han Solo novels. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it's it's the first really it's really the first EU. I mean, other than um, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, but that was yeah. that's really the first. But this is God. More wouldn't that be way. great to get a radio drama of Splinter of the Mind's Eye? Yeah, that would be oh amazing. Oh my God, that'd be awesome. <laughs> okay, that'll be for another discussion. <laughs> awesome, amazing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thanks for listening to us tonight. If you have uh, any feedback, be sure to contact us on our Facebook page. We are the Traveling Jungle Waste Podcast. So for everyone here tonight, I'm Mark. I'm Dan. And you have been traveling the Jungle Waste. Have a good evening, all. Bye.